Okay, you're safe now. I'll go get your parents. Buster, you're better now! Oh, I was so worried about you! Oh, how did you get so big? What have you been eating? Kendra, what in the world is going on? Is that really you? I mean, that makes no sense, but... I remember what you look like when we were that age, and she looks exactly like you. I know how weird this is gonna sound, Mackenzie, but yes, that is me. I'll explain everything later, but there's something you need to understand first. Just not right this second. Kenzie, what's the matter? Is everything okay? Dewan's it! Mommy! Daddy! I found you! <gasps> Kendra! This can't be real! Sweetie! I didn't know where I was! Dr. Blakely put me in this big, loud machine, and then I went to this other place with a man, and Dr. Blakely was talking through a speaker, and I was scared. And I didn't know how to get back, but I'm so glad I found you! Oh, baby, you're safe. You were playing one of your games with Dr. Blakely, and now you're back home. Oh, but when did we move to this house? Why do you and Daddy and Buster look older? Michael looks older, too. You mean, you know who I am? Yeah, silly. You're my best friend, Michael. But I didn't know you were a grown-up. Mommy, Daddy, where am I? Fargo Productions presents Lucidus Samia, starring Maya Doliol, as Kendra Nichols, Alistair Cato as Michael Fahm, Bradley Gareth as Brayden Fields, and Vinay P. Nariani as Dr. Sanjay Padaki. Baros, creator of this podcast, and this is season two, episode two, entitled The Visitor. How is it that the version of you I met in the first grade is sitting in that room right now and no one is freaking out about it but me and Dewan? First of all, we are freaking out, Mac. We didn't know this was going to happen. It's just that uh, something that happened a very long time ago is all starting to make a lot of sense to us right now. Well, if that really is you, then how does she already know Michael when we all just met a few months ago? 
Is there something you haven't told us? As a matter of fact, there is. It's a very long story, and we'll explain as much as we can. I just don't think we'll get through all of it tonight or even next week. But before we start, you have to vow never to repeat anything we're about to tell you to anyone. Not even your parents. If any of this gets out, it could mean the end of life as we know it. This sounds so serious. That's because it is. Well, you can definitely count on me. Yeah, me too. What's going on? Michael and I didn't just meet for the first time in March. In fact, we've known each other since we were four. I just didn't have any memory of it because of an accident that happened when I was that little girl in the guest bedroom right now. So that really is you. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll get to the how part at some point, but what accident? Kendra and I were in a government research program called Lucidisomnia when we were kids. Lucky do what? Lucidisomnia. That's also when Michael and I first met Doc. Wait, so Doc's involved in this too? Yeah. He designed this program to research children who were gifted with the powers of psionics. Psionics? Telepathy, telekinesis, and teleportation. Kendra and I were the first and I believe the only kids ever enrolled. Teleportation? You mean the two of you can actually teleport? Like on Star Trek. Yes, we can also talk to each other telepathically and move things through telekinesis. In fact, teleportation is how Michael gets from Chicago to Austin every day. My dad has never been here on business. I've just been teleporting from Chicago. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. Mac, they're playing a joke on us. <laughs> is that what this is? Y'all really had us going there for a second. <sighs> Oh my god, I was literally freaking out just now. They must have planned this whole thing when we left for vacation last month. Good one, guys. But this isn't a joke. We're serious. Teleportation? Come on. Should we show them? After you. Did you just see that? Where are they? <sighs> now do you believe us? Hold up. Wait, uh, yeah. We believe you. Just... Just start from the beginning. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th. What can I get for you, gentlemen? I'll have a scotch on the rocks. Whiskey. Neat. Coming right up. Doc, thanks for coming with me today to investigate. Thanks for the invite. Just a few months ago, I would never have been able to entertain the thought of a side project. It's like having a new beginning now that Kendra has her memory back. Does this mean you've given my offer to join me any more thought? Well, I see how having a psychiatrist working with you would benefit this new show you're doing. Yeah, it's never easy to tell who's telling the truth, who might have ulterior motives, or who's just seeking their 15 minutes of fame. Having someone who can give an expert opinion is kind of like having an insurance policy on the stories I'll be doing. And while I did enjoy today's outing, I'll still need a few days to think this through. Is it because I called you stuffy earlier? I hope you know I was joking. <laughs> of course. I'm not so stuffy that I can't take a joke, Brayden. Good. I think we have great chemistry when it comes to this stuff, so really think about it. I will. But tell me something. How long have you been working on television? You don't look any older than 30 years old, yet I remember you already being on the Channel 11 News when I first moved to Austin in the early 80s. Well, for the record, I'm 27, and I've been with Channel 11 for 17 years before leaving to do this new show. 17 years? That would have made you no more than 10 when you started. Yeah, there used to be a local kids show called Magic Balloon that was taped at the studio. I joined the cast when I was 9. 
After it was canceled, I was one of the hosts of Channel 11's Kids Club for the next few years until I was 17. So how did you land on the news? Well, when I got too old for the Kids Club, they put me on the evening news as a trial to see if I, another one of the former Kids Club hosts, could pull on some younger viewers. Uh, 83 would have been my first year. I mainly covered teen-oriented stories at first, but I eventually made a name for myself. I'd say. And now you're about to have your first nationwide special. Well, thanks to you, Kendra and Michael. I guess this is a new beginning for me, too. What's your story, Doc? I know about everything that happened all those years ago, but nothing really about your life today. Are you married? Do you have any kids? I'm married, yes, but to my work. Until recently, Kendra Nichols was my only priority. I couldn't risk being distracted by anything else because giving her a normal childhood was my focus. Putting her second would have made the difference between the last few months completely destroying her and how she handled everything. You mean you put your entire life on hold to ensure Kendra would be ready for the day she got her memories back? I did. But before you paint me as some saint, you mustn't forget that I'm the person who put her childhood at risk to begin with. I don't think that's entirely true, but I still admire you for doing what you felt would make things right. Thank you. But I wouldn't say that I put anything on hold, per se. My parents visit from India at least twice a year, and I'm very close to Kendra's family. My receptionist, Olivia, and her husband, Adam, are also like family to me. Well, Doc, here's to new beginnings. To new beginnings. And then after hypnosis, all of my memories came back, except where I was for two weeks when I disappeared from Germany, and... It looks like we finally have our answer. So, you can time travel? Apparently... Even Doc doesn't understand how I was able to travel back to the past. Just wait until he finds out that version of me has now time-traveled here to her future. Speaking of, where is he? We could really use him right about now. He said he'd be here by now. I'd better page him. Duan, maybe we should leave and give them some space. Good idea. I think I could use some time to process everything we just heard and saw. We're gonna head out. Uh, call me in the morning? Yeah. Of course. See y'all tomorrow. Bye. <sighs> now what? I don't know. Like, is she even allowed to see me? Or any of us, for that matter? Who knows? Do you ever remember having any dreams of the future when you were younger? I mean, this house seemed familiar when we moved in, but that's no different from anything else. I've always been able to sense things. Right. And I guess you can say I was instant friends with Mackenzie and Dewan when I started going to their school in first grade, but... What's so strange about that? I feel like I'm in an episode of the Twilight Zone right now. You're telling me. None of this feels real. But it does make a lot of sense, Dewan. Kendra kept telling me about a dream she was having earlier this year that sounded a lot like the facility they just told us about. Then Michael showed up out of nowhere in March, and Kendra freaked out out one day at school when she found out he had the same name as some kid in the dream she was having. Really? Yeah. And, and there was this one time we were in the library for study hall. I went to check out a book, but when I went back to our table, she was gone. Like, she vanished into thin air. Are you sure she didn't just get up and walk somewhere? No, Dawn. We sat near the East Courtyard, right behind the librarian's desk. It's a dead end. If Kendra had gotten up, I definitely would have seen her walking around. Wow. I didn't know about any of that. Well, she told me not to say anything, but that was before everything that happened tonight. 
<laughs> Doc, I never took you for a rocker. You even put out an album? Two, actually. I played drums in that band the whole time I was studying in London. Wow. Excuse me for just one second. Ah, it's Kendra's main line. They must be wondering where I am. I'll go find a payphone to let them know I'm on my way. Oh, sure. I'll pay her Well, if it isn't the famous Braden Fields. Donna Rutledge. <laughs> it's so good to see you. How's everyone back at News 11? Everyone's great. We all miss you, of course, but everyone is so proud. That Fizenica takedown was brilliant. And now you're an internationally known journalist. Well deserved. <laughs> Thank you. And I still haven't forgotten about our bet. Uh, what bet? 1983. You don't remember? They had just moved the two of us from the kids' club to the evening news. We made a bet on who would get their big break first, Braden, and you did it. Oh, that one? I thought we settled that one when they put you at the anchor desk full-time two years ago. Braden, we said big break. I'm at the anchor desk only here in Central Texas. But you're about to be televised in almost every English-speaking territory on the planet. I'm sure it's me that owes you that cheeseburger now. Okay, I'll have my people contact your people. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first story going to be about? That's classified. Okay, fair. So, I'm working on my own story. The station doesn't think there's much to it, but I have a feeling that I'm onto something. Really? Yes. Look, Braden, you've really inspired us to take more risks. So, I'm going to follow my instincts on this one. Well, I should head to the station to prepare for tonight's broadcast. Don't be a stranger. Happy Fourth. Donna Rutledge. <laughs> I still don't trust you all these years later. Braden, I have to go. It's urgent. Is everything okay? Yes, everything is fine. I just have to get to Kendra straight away. But what about your car? It's still at my house. I'll get it later. There's something that needs my immediate attention. Well, let me drive you there at least. No, no, Braden. I've already phoned a taxi. Let's just talk tomorrow. Sure, Doc. And after you tried coming home while you and Dr. Blakely were playing your game, you came all the way here and missed your target by a few years. <gasps> Just like Rosemary! Rosemary? Who's that, sweetie? She's from a book Doc used to read with me. Aha! Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Yes, exactly like Rosemary. Only she went back in time. And you, well, you jumped forward. <laughs> I forgot we were reading that together. Yeah! but we never got to the end because of stupid Dr. Blakely. Do you think we can finish reading it again since he's not here? We sure can. I'll pick up a new copy tomorrow. Oh, Doc, is that girl in the hallway really me when I get bigger? Yes, Kendra. And we have the same name and everything? Yes, you do. And you promise I get to see Michael and Big Kendra more tomorrow? We promise, baby girl. It's late, though, and you've had a long day. Oh, can Buster sleep in this room with me tonight? Of course. I'm so glad to be home and away from Dr. Blakely. I hope I never see him again. Oh, it's okay. Good night, sweetie. See you in the morning, okay? Good night, everyone. Lay it on us, Doc. What's really going on? I have to admit, I don't really know. Based on everything she said and remembered before arriving here, it seems that when she teleported from Germany... She came here to 91 instead of her proper place and time in 82. But how is that possible? 
All this time, you said Kendra was able to go back in time because the past had already happened. But how did her younger self skip to a time she hasn't yet experienced? I'm not certain, but I've never been completely convinced that time is linear. She may have simply leaped to the first point in her lifetime where everything felt stable. As you know, her life up until a few months ago was mostly incomplete. But what I can say for certain is that we officially have a fourth T to add to the mix. Time travel. So, how'd everything go in there? Good. She's in perfect health and even better spirits. When you appeared in the past all those years ago, I added a few stories about time travel to the collection of books we read together. So conceptually, she gets it. I remember that. Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time was my favorite one. <laughs> Although we never finished it. Well, maybe you should read it with her so you both find out what happens together. But how safe is it for her to see us and know things from this timeline, Doc? What about all those time travel paradoxes we've talked about? Those are only theories, Michael. We don't know anything for certain, but we can't exactly hide her from the reality she's in. She's very perceptive, and lying would only confuse her and make matters worse. But tomorrow is going to be a big day for her, so we need to plan for everything that could possibly happen. Dad, I should probably take you back home and come back. Yeah, we should get going. It's a work day for me tomorrow. Although, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to concentrate on anything. Today was quite an experience. For all of us. Well, it was nice finally getting to meet all of you. Oh, likewise, Rick. And don't you be a stranger, okay? Come back anytime. Thank you. You ready, Michael? Yeah. I'll be back in a bit. Now, if memory serves, we have exactly two weeks to figure out our next steps. We know that you returned to 1982 completely safe, Kendra. And it's because nothing went wrong while you were here. Now it's up to all of us to make sure of it. More orange juice, Dr. Padaki? Mm, no, thank you. This breakfast was fantastic. What was it we had again? It was shrimp and grits. This is my special recipe straight from Louisiana. Well, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Better than Kenneth's barbecue. <laughs> I think I should stay out of this one. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. What about you, Kendra? Want anything else to drink? No, no thank, thank you. you. <laughs> That's like the hundredth time we've done that this weekend. Um, should we come up with different names? Sure. I'll change mine since you're older. Okay. What to? I can call you Rosemary, like the girl in the book we've been reading. No, that's already Rosemary's name. What about Kenny? That way, it still sounds like Kendra, and we won't get confused. I like that. Sounds good, Kenny. Mommy, Daddy, may I go outside and play with Buster? Sure. I'll help Mommy clean up here, and I'll join you. Okay. It's exactly the way I remember. I'm still having trouble making sense of it. Imagine what it's been like answering 100 questions to your younger self the past few days. I would have never thought in a million years that we were the ones who took care of her those two weeks she was missing. Doc, thanks for coming back over again so early on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's all of our responsibility to make sure our little visitor out there is okay. It's like she's lived here with us her whole life. And that's because you have. <laughs> Dad, you know what I mean. But Kenneth is on to something. For us, it's been nine years. But when she arrived here on Thursday... It was the same day she did the test with Blakely that landed her in Germany. Precisely. To her, she's simply with her family in a new house. 
I don't think she fully realizes she's not supposed to be in this timeline yet. What happens when she goes back with all the memories of being here? We've made it this far without Blakely bothering us. Right? What if she goes back, shares something with him, and we never get out of there? I worry about that. Blakely knows where we are and always has. But he stopped keeping close tabs on us for years. Kenny could possibly change the course of history just like you did when you left that quantum physics book in my office ten years ago, Kendra. Right. But I am that little girl outside, and right now, I still have no memory of any of this happening. So I couldn't have gone back with these memories. Yeah, you didn't remember much of anything at all when you returned. Until now, I thought you may have ended up in a traumatic situation those two weeks and blocked it all out. But that little girl outside is clearly having the time of her life. Look how easily she's moving Buster's toys with telekinesis. I wasn't that good at it even when I was her age. Hmm. You're right. You weren't. And when Kendra was gone, you said you couldn't control any of your three T's. No, I couldn't. It was like they never existed. But now I wonder if maybe I felt so lonely without her that I just couldn't concentrate. It was like she disappeared from existence, and I remember feeling completely abandoned. And then she left Luca to Somnia not much later. But now she's your best friend all over again. So, all's well that ends well. So, what are you and your friends doing today, Mr. Popular? <laughs> Dad, stop. <laughs> well, you are. Since March, I hardly see you anymore. But it's good. Well, I'm going to stop by Kendra's to see how things are going with Kenny, and then we'll probably hang out at the Avalon a little. That teen hangout you said you hated so much? That was a month ago. It's grown on me. Michael, it's almost like you're a completely different person since you reunited with Kendra and started having your therapy sessions with Doc. I was so worried about you for such a long time. Worried? Well, yeah. When I first took you in, you had just found out your bio dad had passed away, and you still weren't over losing Kendra. <laughs> right. You were really depressed for a very long time, and if I'm honest, I didn't think you were going to pull out of it. I, I was so afraid that one day I might lose you for, for good. And when I finally pulled you out of Bishop's Academy because of the bullying, I thought that was going to be the thing that puts you in a happier place. But this, this is your happy place. Well, things were really rough for me. I couldn't exactly tell my other therapist about anything related to Luca Dysomnia. Doc being my therapist now is so much easier because he knows about everything I went through firsthand. That's why you going to Kendra's on the 4th was way more important than Navy Pier. And I'm glad you finally went with me. You and Kendra's parents got along so great. Yeah, I like them a lot. I just hope next time won't be so eventful. <laughs> yeah, trust me, July 4th, 1991 is a day I will never forget. Morning, Doc. Come in. Morning, Brayden. How'd it go the other night? Uh, everything okay at Kendra's? Yes. They've been having a family situation that needs my attention. I see. Well, uh, are you hungry? Can I get you anything? No, thank you. I had breakfast at Kendra's, actually. Hmm. I had to go back again this morning, huh? It must be serious if you're doing Sunday house calls. Oh, it is. But everything will be fine. So, were you able to find anything interesting in the things we took from Damien's place on Thursday? Not really. I went through all these flyers he had, but they all just look like they're for different clubs at UT. That one's strange. Which one? Next to the rainbow flyer. The one with all the numbers on it. Yeah, it looks like it could be an album cover or something. Nothing else is on it besides this date. 
May 18th, 1991. Any significance? Not yet, but uh, who knows? Maybe a band was performing. And these books? I don't really know. Take a look for yourself. Hmm. Interesting selection. Dianetics, A Course in Miracles, What Color Is Your Parachute? You think Damien may have been on a quest to uh, find himself? It's hard to tell. Maybe this was for a class of his. Did you find anything that might allude to what he was majoring in? Nothing. But what I think would help is if we had other accounts to see if there's any overlapping information that might indicate a clue. But right now, it looks like I have a bunch of stuff from a guy who might just have eclectic taste in reading. So why did you call me to come over if you have no lead? Well, I wanted you to take a look at this stuff yourself. But also, I spoke with the parents of another person who disappeared under similar circumstances as Damien. They agreed to meet with me today. Really? Yeah. Her name is Claire Rodriguez. She left home a little over a week ago. Her parents said she took some clothes, but left everything else behind. She was a student at Baylor and was living in the dorms, but she'd been back home with her parents for the past few weeks. For the summer break? I presume so. Where is this family located? In your neck of the woods, actually. Westlake Hills? Yep. Here's their address. This is down the street from Kendra's house. Are you familiar with Calvin and Carla Rodriguez? I'm not. But Kendra and her family might be. I just don't think the timing is right to bring them into the fold yet, given everything they're dealing with. Right. You mentioned. Well, Claire's parents said I could stop by any time this afternoon. You up for another interview? So what time do you have to be at that cheerleading workshop tomorrow? Nine o'clock. We go until two. It must be so cool getting to spend almost a whole day surrounded by all those college hotties. <laughs> That's not how cheer workshops run, Mackenzie. It's just a bunch of high school students learning a bunch of new cheers from college cheerleaders. Ugh. <laughs> what a snooze fest. You don't get to see the UT football team practicing or anything? No, they're practically on the other side of campus. You should have seen Michael in the arcade just now. What happened? He shut Jordan's big mouth up. I'm glad someone did. He's been bragging about being undefeated on Street Fighter 2 all year. And Michael here just clobbered him. Ugh, I don't even play games. And all Jordan ever talks about is how good he is at Street Fighter. Remember how he used to brag about how good he was at Tetris two years ago? <laughs> then he made the mistake of challenging Kendra. How many games in a row did you end up winning? I don't know. I lost count after 50. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's everything back home, Kendra? I can't really talk about it here for obvious reasons, but things are fine. It's like having a little sister around. It's funny how much we're alike. Well, she is you after all. She wants to be called Kenny now, so the both of us won't get confused when someone says our name. Oh, that's cute. Oh, have you heard from Crystal? I haven't. I wonder how she's doing. I can't imagine well. She and Claire are so close. Maybe we should stop by later. Are they accepting visitors? Yeah. Trevor said a bunch of student council members went over and checked on her yesterday. Oh. How was she? He didn't say. And when I went over Thursday to pick up those missing person flyers, she was too upset to come downstairs. Her parents were pretty upset too, but mostly angry. Angry? Yeah, they were saying Claire ran off to be with a guy she met. They were saying he's been controlling her. Controlling her? In what way? Her way of thinking? I don't really know. Well, let's stop by after we leave here. Crystal could probably use some cheering up. You know, I never thought in a million years 
This is something we'd be dealing with here in Austin. I don't know if I should go to Crystal's with you guys. How come? I thought you wanted to investigate Claire's whereabouts. I do, but on our own terms. You know how overstimulating emotionally charged environments are for me, and it sounds like her family is going to be pretty upset. Yeah, you're right. Well, you know you don't have to go. Hello? Kendra? Michael? <laughs> Did you not hear? They just paged y'all. Your order's ready. Oh, I'll go get it. I'll come with you. Mine's probably right behind you. Ooh, if they call mine, can you grab it while you're there? Sure. You two were talking to each other telepathically, weren't you? Uh, wasn't that obvious? Nah, not really. But now that we know what we know... Well, yeah. He thinks things at Claire's are going to be too emotionally charged, so he's not sure he wants to go. But I thought he only struggled with his own emotions. No. I think it's much deeper than that. It might even be worse for him to deal with other people's emotions. But he's working with Doc on being okay with setting boundaries to protect himself from overstimulating situations. But, Mac, I can't help but wonder, what really drove Claire away from home like that? Was Claire having any issues at school that you know of? <sighs> Not at first. She was on the Dean's list every semester except this last one. Everything went south when she met that guy and stopped going to class. She went from straight A's to F's overnight. Just like that. It made no sense. We told her we weren't going to pay for her to live in the dorms if she wasn't going to do the work. So we moved her back home when the semester ended. And when we went to get her stuff... It didn't seem like she spent a lot of time in the dorm this year. Some of what we bought for her in January was still in the packaging. Her roommate said she never saw her once. And how was Claire when she moved back in? <sighs> Distant. Combative. Depressed. She didn't want to be here, that's for sure. She told us every day. She wanted to be back with that good-for-nothing son of a bitch she met. Do you know the name of this guy Claire was dating? Was he a student at Baylor too? There were two guys, actually. First it was a guy named, uh, Brian, but then it was a guy named Joshua. The names don't matter, though. They both ran in that same crowd and were both talking the same bullshit. But no, I never got the feeling either one of them went to school with her. She worked part-time at a restaurant near campus last year. She probably met one of them there. Do you happen to know Joshua's last name? <sighs> no, we don't. In fact, we don't know much of anything about him at all. Just the things he said. We're not sure he and Claire were even dating, but she was certainly obsessed with him. He's all she talked about. Joshua said this. Joshua said that. Now all these crazy ideas are in her head. What sort of ideas? Look, Mr. Fields, my wife and I grew up going to church, and we brought both our girls up the same way. I probably only missed three Sundays going to church my whole life. Go on. I guess what I'm trying to say is, our faith is strong in this house, but... Claire, she was talking like someone who had been brainwashed. I don't think I follow. She knew how to say Jesus before she could say Mama or Dada. We pray before every single meal in this house. But out of nowhere, she walks out of the room if anything remotely religious comes up. But it's not just religion. A few weeks ago, she doomed us all to hell for watching that Urkel kid on TV instead of entertaining her conspiracy theories. What sort of conspiracy theories? Well... Joshua somehow convinced Claire the Gulf War was orchestrated by President Bush because his family has ties to the oil and gas industry. And when the war ended, he just replaced that with the pandemic. He was saying it was man-made. Oh, well shit. I guess he was right about that one. But you get our point. He just picks the next big news story and spins it into a conspiracy. I see. 
How long has Claire known this guy? I don't really know, but it's too long if you ask me. <laughs> Eight months. Something like that. Did you happen to find anything out of the ordinary in Claire's possessions she left behind? Uh, no, uh, just some, some flyers. Uh, uh, Calvin, can you grab one from the table? Sure. We found these flyers in her room that seemed out of place. Here you go. You've seen this before. The date written on that flyer was way back in May, once the pandemic ended, but she still had a stack of them as if she was the one passing them out. Does she have any CDs or tapes that have this artwork on them? No idea. The music kids listen to these days is trash. Hasn't been any good music since the 70s. Well, do you know if she was at UT often? Not that we know of. I mean, if, if she was driving away from Baylor to UT for anything, I... She never mentioned it to us. What about since being back home? N no, she never left the house the whole time she was here. She just stayed in her room when she wasn't arguing with us. Would the two of you be willing to sit down for an on-camera interview? If it helps us find our daughter, then hell yeah. Today is a special day. As I look out at all of you beautiful friends, the lost, the abandoned souls, I see a dormant strength that few recognize within themselves. The strength to let go, to start over, to become something more. The strength to survive. Survival wasn't easy for me, folks. In fact, I have strayed from my life path many times. I even, if you can believe it, worshiped the mighty dollar at one point. But guess what? Temptations will find you no matter how hard you hide from them. Yeah, I strayed, but I did that so I may better guide the rest of you today and help you unmask which hides in plain sight. And now, we can become agents of change. We can bring light where none exists. So, my friends, my chosen family, we must take that power from them. Ain't no God around to deliver us from evil, folks. You wanna be in a better place? Start fucking walking, become a pathfinder like me, and cut down anything that gets in your way. You have been listening to Lucid Asomnia. This episode was written by Rick DeBarros. It starred Maya Doliol as Kendra Nichols, Alistair Cato as Michael Fahm, Bradley Gareth as Braden Fields, and Vinay P. Nariani as Dr. Sanjay Padaki. It featured Dexter Howard as Joshua, Blair Green Osako as Young Kendra, Gary Gibbs as Kenneth, Sheila Morris as Sandra, Maganda Marie as Mackenzie, Jared J. Lee as Dewan, Jordan Kalina as Rick, Chelsea Krause as Carla and the bartender, Andrew Cretella as Calvin, and Tamika Diaz as Donna Rutledge. Casting was by Jennifer Rausch and Robert Garza, the original theme song was composed by Yakov Svechkovich and remixed for season two by Elgin Thrower Jr. More information about this podcast, including links to the enhanced visual version, can be found at luciddreamspodcast.com. Copyright 2024, Bargo Productions.